So December is Christmas, where people give gifts to each other that they love. Now, there's people that are going out there doing their shopping and getting all excited about finding that perfect gift for those people that they love. And then there's the people as well. They're in anticipation, so excited about opening that special gift that they've been waiting for for a super long time. Now, for myself, as I grew up, my family wasn't that well off in, in, in money. And so they limited the amount of money that was given to each of us as kids. You know, so as I grew up, I, I grew up to um, accept the small monetary gifts with, with gratitude. The more important gift to me was the gift of the love from the family that I received. During the December here, we're in this series of God Gives. Today we get to talk about God gives his son. And we want to look at John 3.16 to help us understand how God gives his son. So let's read John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So to start out with this verse, it starts out with for God so loved the world. So how can we know that God really loves the world more than just these words as stated here in the Bible? <clears throat> well, we go back to the very beginning. God created the world. Uh, looking at Genesis 1, we can read about how God created the world and how he felt about it. In the first day, he created light, and it was good. The second day, God separated the waters from the expanse. Then he gathered the water in one place, and dry land appeared with plants and vegetation. The third day was good. The fourth day came with the sun and the moon. The fifth day... He created sea creatures and birds, and God saw that it was good. God then created the living creatures on land, and God saw it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And it was very good. So there you see a little bit of a difference. When he created people, it was very good. <clears throat> God loves the world, and we can hear that when he says, it is good. God loves the world because in the sixth day he created people. He formed man from dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. So, how loving is this 
that I, I, this to, to me, I see this, and God breathing life into a human body that was lifeless when he first created it, and he breathed into that life to give that person life. Now, I've worked in the EMS system, and I've had to myself breathe into another body to hopefully bring life back to them. Now, I love doing this for people, but I certainly didn't love them as much as God loves people. So, <clears throat> when he created man in the garden, and it was very good. So then he played, and as he placed them in the garden, <clears throat> he gave Adam the 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 uh, role of to rule over it, <clears throat> and then he formed woman from the rib of the man. When God was done creating both of them, it was very good. God loves the world because he created people, and it, which was very good. God loves the world by looking after it and taking care of his creation of people. Well, as I said, he started out by placing humans and people in the garden, and, it, and they were to be with him. That was God's an original intent when he created people, man and female, is to have this relationship with him in the garden. And then he also gave man a job to do. You know, th this is to help us have a purpose in life. And then sin, sin entered our lives, which separated us from God. As you read in the Old Testament, you can read many different examples and stories of how God is taking care of his people, his world. So the people of, of, of the world, you know, uh, his designated people let's, you know, of Israel, they were enslaved by another group of people. God brought them out of that slavery. <clears throat> the, then the people were wandering in the wilderness, and they needed direction, and God provided the Ten Commandments for them. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in trying to explain all the, the other stories you know, that you can read in the Bible, but... <clears throat> The, the main thing to know is that God loves everyone or, and everything because he loves the world, which is where people live. So looking back at verse John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. So during December, this is when we celebrate when Jesus 
was born at Christmas time. God gives us Jesus as a baby to be human like us. Jesus was born as a baby and grew up just as any other human being. <clears throat> he had parents that wanted him, or they wanted Jesus to obey him. He had brothers and sisters. If you've all, any of you have had brothers and sisters, you know if they can be so annoying to each other. Jesus went through that as well. <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> I'm sure that Jesus had some friends that were trying to get him into doing some wrongdoings. Friends are really good at getting into trouble. So, Jesus would live a life just like ours so he could sympathize with our struggles that we go through because he would go through them as well. Now, his life is probably even more of a struggle because he would need to live his life sinlessly, without sin. So if we look into Hebrews 4.15, this is explained in Hebrews 4.15. It reads, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So this verse is already telling us that Jesus knows and sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. Plus, he was tempted in sin just as we have been tempted to sin. Yet, he did not sin. So why is it important that Jesus be without sin? In the Old Testament time, the people had to bring sacrifices to the temple in order to receive forgiveness of sin. God had given certain rules for those sacrifices and guidelines for them and to be acceptable to him for the forgiveness of sin. These items to be sacrifices were instructed to be of Perf to be perfect and without blemish. <clears throat> Jesus, who will be God's offering and sacrifice for all of our sins, would need to have these same attributes of being perfect and without blemish. Now, sin is what separates us from God. Therefore, Jesus must not have sin in order for him to be this, <clears throat> the offering of sacrifice to God. This would be a major blemish. So looking at Hebrews 2, verse 9, 
Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by grace of God he might taste death for everyone. This verse is telling us that God gave his son to die and taste death. The taste of death is not dying like we might think. Dying is separation from our earthly bodies, family, and friends. Now, to us, that doesn't seem to taste good, you know, in our own thoughts because we are afraid to leave our family and friends. But this is not the taste of death that this verse is talking about. The true taste of death is God's wrath and separation from God. The taste of death is being separated from God once we die. Those who die and do not have God as a part of their life will experience this and it won't be pleasant. The second aspect is Jesus' death is the sacrifice for sin. Sin is punishable by death and God's wrath for sin needs to be atoned for. Jesus suffering the wrath of God for the punishment of sin. This is the taste of death that this verse 9 is talking about. And then we read a little further down in Hebrews 2, verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. God loves the world that he gave his son, Jesus, to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is an appeasement that God needs for sin that we do. God's son, Jesus, is that propitiation because he was the perfect sacrifice and suffered the wrath of God on the cross for the payment of the sins that we create and commit. <clears throat> we, do, we do not have to suffer the, the wrath of God for doing the sins which we should receive that punishment. Jesus did this for us on the cross. We're going to look at a little story in the Old Testament that kind of uh, correlates exactly with this it's in numbers chapter 21 verses 5 through 9 at this time the israel people they they were in slavery and now moses led them out of the slavery and into the wilderness and so the and that's, that's where this is taking place. And, and this is what the people had to say. And the, sp 
And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And, it, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So here we hear about the people of Israel and them sinning. And their punishment was being bitten by a snake which led to death. God provided a way to live due to their sin. This was a bronze serpent lifted on a pole. All they had to do was just look at that bronze serpent and live. This same thing is what we need to do looking up at Jesus who died on the cross instead of us. Instead of us dying for our sins, Jesus did this for us on the cross. And therefore, God gives us his son, Jesus. God loves the world that he provided a sacrifice for us that we could never provide ourselves. Going back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So this belief that it's talking about in, in John 3.16 is twofolded. It's to believe in God and to believe in Jesus, his son. Do you believe in God and all that he has done? God exists. Do you genuinely believe that God exists? God loves people enough to create the world. God created the world for us. God gives people enough, or God loves people enough to create the world. He created the world for us. He gave us the earth to live on and to work it. God loves people enough to create them. God in the beginning created people to dwell with him. 
his intent was to have this relationship with the people to gather God and people together. God loves people enough to provide for them. If you observe what is written in the Bible, how much God has provided for people. God loves people enough to provide that perfect sacrifice for sins through Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Do you genuinely believe that God has done all of this? The second part of believe is, do you believe in Jesus, the Son of God? Jesus is born as a human. Do you believe Jesus was born and lived as a human? Do you believe that Jesus lived a life like ours? Jesus lived a sinless life. Do you believe that Jesus did live a sinless life? And due to his sinless life, he was able to be the perfect sacrifice on the cross to die for all sins for all people. <clears throat> Jesus rose from the dead. Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead and is alive? This is important to believe because if you don't believe this, how can you have a new life in Christ if he's not alive? We're going to look at uh, 1 Peter Chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. It reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept for you in heaven, who, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Here we have read that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. He's alive. Do you believe in him? That is, God and Jesus, in all that they have done. If yes, then you should not perish but have eternal life, as it says in John 3.16. Like it mentions in 1 Peter 1, 3-5, you are born again to a living hope. This living hope includes an inheritance that is imperishable, kept for you in heaven. God gives his son to us because he loves the world so much that he wants us to be with him, just as he, when he first created man and woman at the beginning. God's intent was, 
for creating people is to dwell with them. He wanted humans to live life with him. So he sent his son back here on the earth to to bring that relationship back to where people can dwell with God. It says in John 3.17, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God wants everyone, as he says, for God so loved the world to believe and accept this truth. If you truly believe all that, <clears throat> if you truly believe all of this and everything that is entailed in John 3.16, then you have some action to do. <clears throat> in Acts 2.38, It reads, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your action is to repent and be baptized. To repent is to acknowledge that you are a sinner. And you want to turn your life away from doing sin. By doing this, you are letting God know that you want to restore this relationship with him. In doing this in the name of Jesus Christ, you proclaim that Jesus died for your sins to receive forgiveness. Then you will receive his promised gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us live our life for God and to know God is with us. Do you believe this verse, John 3.16? God has given us his son. God has given us all of this special gift, which is better than any other Christmas gift, of his son. He gave his son to be born as a human, to live a life on earth. This is so people can see him and get to know him. There are people that have lived with Jesus and they can testify that Jesus lived on the earth. And they wrote about it and it's in the Bible. Because we have sinful lives that separate us from God, God is the one who gives us the perfect sacrifice in his son to atone or be our propitiation for the sins we have done. God did the action to restore our relationship with him. God didn't leave Jesus dead in the grave, but he rose him 
from the dead to make him alive again. Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead and is alive? Today, if you believe this and you want everlasting life, then everlasting life with God, then let him know that you want forgiveness for your sins and receive his gift of the Holy Spirit and everlasting life. You can have a new life with God just as Jesus is alive again and is with God. If you want help with understanding how to do this, come talk to me or talk to somebody else in this room and so, so you can know and understand this. I'm going to pray and close this out. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you that you have given us your Son as a gift to us. Your, your Son is our propitiation for the sins that we create and have done. Lord, we thank you that through Jesus Christ dying on the cross, we have forgiveness of sin. And we can have the right relationship, a new, renewed relationship with you as you first created humans to have that relationship with you. Lord, we thank you that we can have that relationship renewed in our lives. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.